0: Welcome back to the Made Health and Fitness Podcast. I am your host, Mike Fedewa. This week, we have the honor of having Dr. Chad Strait with us today, and he is going to talk about muscle fibers and hypertrophy and break down all of the really intense exercise science into some really easily digestible facts. And so, Chad, thank you very much for being on the podcast this week. I appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. And I'm just excited that whatever I say, you're going to take it and make it sound better. And so I'll do what I can.
0: That's exactly what I'm talking about. So before we get into it, everybody knows my background, but tell us a little bit about where you came from, kind of your your credentials, just lay it on them.
1: Sure. So Mike and I went to school at the University of Georgia together. We left in 2015, which seems like a long time ago now. Um, And so following that, I did a postdoc at the University of Massachusetts in Amherst. I continued to work with muscle, but it was on more mechanistic Uh, scale so we would do muscle biopsies for people and examine cellular and molecular uh, morphology and function of of fibers um, with the goal of improving aging and understanding what happens to muscles um, in the context of different things like obesity and exercise and disease and so I spent five years uh, in Western Mass in, in Amherst and so now I actually work with the army Um, And the goal there is to improve soldier health and performance. Um, And so we do some cell culture work, we do some whole body work, uh, but the ultimate mission is to help our soldiers be effective um, when they're in the field.
0: So you went from doing a PhD and you were studying older adults, if I remember right, correct? Like, that is true. Okay. So you went from studying older adults, mostly women and more of like a function, kind of like the actual person though, in real life, activities of daily living, how exercise can mm-hmm. kind of help you get around and live better. And then you said, you know what, I have not had nearly as much fun as I wanted to. Like I need five more years and I need to dive all
1: the way into the cell. It, that's exactly. It. I figured when I graduated, let me just do another PhD, and then I'll add an additional year. And yeah, I'll work with cells. You know, they're always there on time. They never talk back. It's, been, it's you know, it's phenomenal, and and animals too. So some some mice work. Um, did a little bit of work with birds, um, but none of that is really particularly relevant for <laughs> what we will probably discuss here.
0: Yeah, we're we're probably not going to talk about birds today. We're, we'll stick mostly to the people. But I guess to start us off, tell me a little bit about dis- different muscle fiber types that, that we have as people, right? Because every every muscle is made up of different kind of fibers and compositions and different percentages of fast and slow twitch. So, So tell me about like what kind of fiber types you would typically see in people.
1: You know, a lot of people are probably vaguely familiar with the different muscle fiber types. You know, you can watch a game on TV and you'll hear the commentator mention a fast twitch muscle or a slow twitch muscle. And so it might be intuitive for a lot of people, but humans actually have three different types of muscle fibers. Muscle fibers are determined by their, by a specific protein that they contain. And it's the, it's myosin, it's the myosin heavy chain. So um, we have an MHC1, fiber, an MHC-2A fiber, and an MHC-2X fiber. I'm just going to call them type 1, type 2A, and type 2X, but but technically they're determined by the the isoform of myosin that they have. Type 1 fibers are our slow fibers, Um, so we'll hear them referred to as slow oxidative. They have a good capacity for endurance, lots of blood vessels and mitochondria, We have type 2a fibers, which are are oxidative glycolytic fibers, they have a better resiliency in terms of fatigue, they're a little bit more powerful, and then we have type 2x fibers, which are the fastest fibers, they produce the most power, and in addition to that, what most people don't probably realize is that we actually have hybrid fibers as well. So we have fibers, those are our three pure fiber types, but we have fibers that express multiple isoforms so you might have a type 1 slash 2a fiber which has characteristics of a slow fiber and a fast fiber and the reason this is important is because your your muscles scale up and so you have you have proteins in the muscles and then you know in the the cells and then you have a whole bunch of cells that are bundled into fascicles and then eventually you get to the whole muscle and so what's happening at a cellular level ends up scaling up to your your whole muscle function. And that's going to impact how you can walk throughout the day or climb stairs or things like that. You actually just rocked my world. <laughs> <laughs> I was
0: not ready for that. No, that you're... could be the entire episode right there. Okay, guys, thank you for having us. It was a good episode and we'll, we'll shut it down right there.
1: It's going to be all downhill from here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let me actually ask this then. So you're saying that our muscles are made up of different kinds of fibers, like one like like if I think the calves like the calves are not all fast twitch or, or or slow twitch like they're they're kind of inter kind of interwoven together or kind of bundled together with different fiber types or 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 how are they typically arranged within
1: the muscle? Excellent follow-up question. Like most things in science, it depends. So you're going to have some some muscle groups that are predominantly one fiber type. And then you may have other muscle groups that have more of a different fiber type. For example, some of your postural muscles are composed primarily of slow twitch fibers. So for example, your soleus, Um, you'll have a lot of type one fibers, a good number of two A fibers as well. But there are other muscle groups like your Your EDL, which is a small muscle in the front of your calf, and it helps extend your toes, that's primarily fast-twitch fibers. And then we also have muscles that are a good mix. Um, And so your quadriceps um, contains four different muscles, but the, the vastus lateralis, which is on the outside, gets studied quite often because it has a good mix of type 1 and type 2a fibers. Type 2x fibers are actually pretty rare. We don't see pure type 2X fibers too often. In the past, I think the percentages were estimated to be higher, but I think that that was more that fibers were inaccurately characterized with the techniques that they, they use. And so really, we have mostly type 1, type 2A fibers, and it depends, in the percentage of those fibers depends on the muscle group and kind of its function.
0: So you're telling me that muscle fibers, you know, we, we have different compositions and different percentages. What what kind of like is a typical breakdown, right? So you said that the vastus lateralis has a pretty good mix of different fiber types. So like what percentages are we talking? Cause I've heard, you know, when we watch sports, we watch games announcers will say like, oh, very fast twitch dominant athlete right there. He's very explosive. And so when you say that, to be very fast twitch dominant means we're expressing like what percentage of of Mm. those fast twitch fibers. And then like for most people, like what kind of a percentage mix are we typically looking at? Well, you know, when you said that,
1: you sounded like Tony Romo. So if you take a muscle that tends to be mixed like the vastus lateralis, which is on the outside of your quadriceps, it's probably about 50-50. So you probably have, 45 to 50% type 1 fibers, 45 to 50% type 2A fibers, and then very, probably very few 2X fibers. Now, the caveat there is that those percentages may be a little bit lower if you have more hybrid fibers. And so, and we might get into this later, but the number of hybrid fibers that people have tends to increase as they get older. So, younger adults, People in their 20s and 30s will have a lot of pure type 1 and type 2A fibers. As people get older into their 60s and 70s, their fibers start expressing multiple MHC isoforms. And so they'll have type 1, 2A fibers, 2AX fibers. So the, the percentage, whereas a young adult might have... 45 percent type 1 and type 2a fibers in their in their vastus lateralis An older adult might have 35 to 40 percent uh because they have a greater percentage of hybrid fibers
0: can you change your fiber type composition like with training so if i really start to exercise and hit it hard like could I become a fast twitch dominant explosive running back, or am I forever just going to be around a forty five percent middle of the road mediocre recreational athlete?
1: You may not be Usain Bolt, but you might be an effective Clydesdale runner, actually, so skeletal muscle is a plastic tissue, so it will change in response to different stimuli. One of those stimuli is activity level if you exercise aerobically quite often, you'll probably have a greater percentage of type one fibers. If you perform a lot of resistance training or you know, perhaps high intensity interval training, you may see a greater percentage of type two A fibers. This is in animal studies and in human studies disuse. So when people become very sedentary, you actually see a shift in fiber type. Um, and you typically see a shift from slow to fast. After people undergo a period of disuse, you'll see a larger percentage of type 2 fibers than prior to the disuse. So so activity is one thing that modulates fiber-type composition, but disease as well. So, And obviously with the MAID app, you're measuring body composition and fat and muscle, and obesity is something that affects fiber-type composition. So over the years, people have shown that there's a slow to fast shift in fiber-type with obesity. So if you you know, do a biopsy on someone who's obese, and then you examine their fiber type composition, you'll probably see an increased number of type 2 fibers relative to a healthy, normal weight person. Now, there's also a caveat with that, and that disuse and obesity have both been purported to have this shift towards a faster isoform. A lot of times, obese people tend to be inactive, and so if activity level isn't measured, then what you may be seeing is the result of disuse and not necessarily obesity. So that's that's something that the field is attempting to uncover. But overall, yes, your fiber type composition will shift with exercise, disease, inactivity as, as a result of a lifestyle. So so yes, the, the answer is yes.
0: That's wild because I was I've heard two different sides, right? I've heard people say, yes, you can change your fiber type, or yes, you can change your fiber to an extent, right? You won't completely change your fiber composition. fast twitch is still a fast twitch, a slow twitch is still a slow twitch. They'll just start to pick up characteristics of the other. I've also heard people say that they don't change at all, that your fiber type is what you're just given and you're stuck with it forever. And that is the reason why you have like cross-country athletes that always look like you know, you have this vision in your head of what a cross-country athlete kind of looks like, right? They're they're usually more slender, they're, their muscles are a little bit longer, they don't have these big muscle values. And then you have
1: these big I felt like you were describing
0: me. Oh, I was trying to I was trying to draw a contrast. <laughs> you know, and then you have these other, you know, like big muscular uh, athletes that are incredibly powerful and they're, you know, you think, oh, they're predominantly type two. They gravitate towards those sports because they're good at them, right? so like if you're predominantly mm-hmm. fast twitch, you gravitate toward more explosive sports because you're you know typically better at them if you're you have these really slow you know slow twitch type one fibers, you gravitate towards sports or activities where you know that fiber composition is more beneficial so you're telling me that they can actually change that's yeah why.
1: so yeah, and so i I wasn't sure how much time we had, and we could not probably to that not to put you on the spot, but <laughs> Uh, We could probably spend an entire podcast devoted to this issue. Yeah, it is actually a controversial idea. It's a controversial notion that fiber type composition changes in response to some stimulus. Now, part of the problem is that you can't actually, to my knowledge, and maybe this is another potential app idea, you cannot actually track a single fiber before and after A particular training regimen or after you know before and after disease um, you know there are kind of like non-invasive surrogates of measuring fiber type composition but essentially what you need to do is do a needle biopsy you know have a physician perform a needle biopsy you take out a chunk of tissue that's about the size of a pea and then there are different biochemical techniques that you can use to examine fiber type composition so and sometimes you'll you'll end up grinding up that chunk of tissue, and you can look at the the proteins. And so you can you can do that before and after a training program, and say, well, before when we ground up this tissue, forty five percent of it was type one, and sixteen weeks later, fifty three percent of it is type one. And they exercised aerobically for sixteen weeks, and so that suggests there was an increase in the expression of type one fibers. Um, but there's no way to say this particular fiber of the millions in your vastus lateralis has been has or hasn't been changed to a different fiber type after this particular stimulus i just don't think it's possible
0: so what you're telling me if one of the possible answers is that (laughs) it depends and if you say no look this the the percentage of of fibers changed. look they're different from p post you could go wrong spot doc you stuck the needle. You stuck the needle in a different spot last time.
1: Yeah, you know that's exactly it. And uh, fortunately, so I've had a, a muscle biopsy from my vastus lateralis, and the scar remains for you know a good chunk of time. And so you, you know, if you were to do a, a pre-post type of analysis, you probably could get the needle pretty close to where it was the first time. But of course, you're taking a very small chunk of tissue from an entire muscle. And so that's a limitation of performing muscle biopsies. You'll, you will end up with several hundred fibers, and then you expect that to be representative of hundreds of thousands from a particular muscle group. And sometimes fibers cluster together. So it's certainly a limitation. But I guess that all goes to say that I think there's compelling evidence that there is a fiber-type shift. And it's not just with exercise. It could be with heart disease, obesity, inactivity. So enough different perturbations have reported a fiber type shift for at least me to think there's something there, or it's just a remarkable consequence in all of these different labs and all of these different situations.
0: Wow. I didn't realize how much we didn't know or how much was still kind of, (laughs) you know, know up for debate.
1: You know what? Let me let me. Uh, I'm gonna give you a blast from the past. I remember during one of our lab. I know this is great, so brace yourself. During one of our lab meetings, uh, way back in the day, I remember you saying, "The higher I've gone in academia, the more I realize I don't know." And then I had to like think about that for a second. But years later, I think I started to fully appreciate it because the more the more we kind of know, the more we realize we don't. And you know, this is probably a good example of that.
0: There is a caveat to that.
1: <laughs> it depends.
0: It always depends. Okay, so fiber types can, can maybe shift. We've got pretty good, compelling evidence that there's a possibility there, but it depends and there's a caveat.
1: <laughs> you know, I mean, if I could just say, it's kind of like when Tom Brady was accused of deflating footballs, it's more than probable he had general awareness that footballs are possibly deflated. It's one of those situations. I'd definitely like that quote to make it to the podcast.
0: I knew if I had you on for an episode, he would be brought up at least one time.
1: Just once though, because it's a sensitive issue. So that's all I'll say.
0: So you mentioned actually something earlier and then we'll kind of wrap it up here, but you mentioned changes with muscle fiber, you know, as we, as we age. So can you kind of explain what happens during the normal aging process to to your muscles, to the fiber composition, mm-hmm. what that typically looks like and, and maybe why that happens?
1: Yeah. So, um, As we age our muscles get smaller and this is something that we all kind of recognize even if we can't exactly explain it so if you look at your your parents or maybe your grandparents um, or you know if if you're listening to this and you know you are now in your 50s or 60s you may have noticed that your muscles have gotten a little bit smaller and so That's just, if you are healthy otherwise, that's just the progressive loss of muscle mass that occurs with age. We call that sarcopenia. It comes from the Greek. It literally means poverty of flesh. Literally, your muscles get smaller. The reason why is not quite as clear. Um, The fibers get smaller. You actually have a loss of, of muscle fibers. The conventional school of thought was that there was a selective... Atrophy, which means things are getting smaller. There was a selective atrophy of type 2 fibers Now there are different schools of thought. There's some evidence to suggest that You know that aging doesn't preferentially affect one fiber type more than another But the fact remains that the muscle fibers get smaller as we get older this happens as a result of the normal aging process In addition to the fibers getting smaller, you will actually have a greater increase in the number of hybrid fibers like we discussed earlier in the episode. So you won't have as many pure type 1 and type 2a fibers. You'll have more type 1 slash 2a fibers um, or 2ax fibers. And that's again, a result of aging. There are also kind of microscopic changes in the muscle that occur so one of the consequences of aging is that we see an increase in lipid deposition into skeletal muscle, which basically just means that there's more fat inside your muscles. If you put muscle under a microscope, you can see little lipid droplets. And so the number of, the amount of lipid in your muscle increases increases with age. So there are all of these morphological changes that occur. But, you know, the good thing is that there are, Interventions are ways to counteract that. And so um, resistance training is a really effective, it's probably the in terms of safety and efficacy, resistance training is probably the best intervention to actually counteract the decline in muscle fiber size. You can kind of restore a healthier fiber type composition by performing resistance training. There are different there are different ways to kind of maintain a healthy a healthy muscle fiber type composition as you get older and there's research being done on this right now you know if you have an obese person and they're they've seen a shift in their muscles so that they have more fast fibers what does weight loss do will weight loss restore a healthier fiber type composition so that it's more balanced with type 1 and type 2 fibers you know for an older adult and so these changes Again, it gets complicated, but there are changes that are occurring with aging, and primarily the muscles are getting smaller. But when you layer on some of the other consequences of aging, like disease, and you may be less active, there are other factors that are contributing to muscle health as well. So, you know, trying to single out exactly what is attributable to what can be tough. Like a lot of things, exercise and diet can usually have a positive impact on your muscle health.
0: I gotta tell you, man, for being a professor and for doing this every day and, and teaching this stuff, like, thank you very much for coming on and, and, and or teaching me because I actually learned a lot here. And some of this stuff, like you mentioned, is, is pretty hotly debated, so I appreciate you clearing up a little bit of the controversy. And the best part, you mentioned a lot of other topics that could have an entire episode about them on their own, so we gotta have you back on, man. Sure, I'd love to be back on, this was a pleasure. Absolutely. Maybe we'll have you come down and we can do an episode in person.
1: That would be phenomenal.
0: Remember, subscribe to the podcast wherever you guys get your podcasts from. Download the Made Health and Fitness app from the Apple iTunes and Google Play stores. Show us some love, rate us and review us, tag us on social media. And thank you again for bringing us on your health and fitness journey.